0: What is up, everybody? Welcome to Bench Chatter, the common man's NBA trade deadline podcast. We are here live on a Thursday night. We waited an extra day so that we could bring you fellas and ladies the best trade deadline content that you're going to hear this side of the Mississippi. It, whatever side of the Mississippi you're listening on, it's, you're on the correct side. It's the best side to be listening to this podcast on.
1: Wow. We, we asked for a good trade deadline, Colin, and the, NBC, the NBA said you shall receive.
0: I I don't know if I can think of a blockbuster trade this large that has ever gone down... At the trade deadline, Noah and I looked. I looked for some of the craziest trade deadline trades that have ever happened, and Clyde Drexler to the Rockets in '96. 90, the '95, the '94-'95 season is is the only thing that I can really find that might rival it. Wow. And we're a- talking, right?
1: What a day for content, Colin. What a day to be a basketball podcaster. I mean, it's
0: prime basketball podcasting season. I mean, that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. I mean, you know, people, maybe they've been hibernating. You know, a lot of people say the NBA starts after Christmas. I think that the the, the NBA fans have been paying attention, but I think we're getting sports fans to tune in now. I think sports fans mm-hmm. are in on basketball the rest of the year.
1: Especially with the ending, with the last week of the NFL being this week. Yeah. Um, it really becomes March Madness into the NBA playoffs. Um, all the people that are um, casual basketball fans, this is when they start tuning in. Um, it's, a, it's a great time to be a fan of the NBA, con. I, I think so. I mean... <sighs>
0: Has there ever been at this much parody, Noah? I mean, we were talking about it offline yesterday. I legitimately think that there's six teams that could come out of the East. Realistically, three, but I think that there's another three that have a very legitimate chance.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like six yeah. teams. it's oh, and then the West. I, I the West is just up for NBA. grabs. You know, unless the Suns are like really NBA. much better than everybody else thinks.
1: <laughs> I should we just jump into it, Colin? We have so much stuff we, to talk yeah, about. This like, is... <laughs> I,
0: I'd like to preamble Noah, but there's just so much content, you know. We we might be up for another five hours.
1: Which crazy no? I think there... we have to. <laughs> what?
0: I was going to say what's crazy is there have been people that have been talking about this for probably seven hours straight. Like, for their job. (laughs) And, like, it's not stopping anytime soon.
1: I kind of wish that was me.
0: Honestly? At this point, I would have said some ass-nine things, though, at hour seven. (laughs) I'd have been like, you know what? The King's front office is actually pretty competent. You think anybody's coming yeah. with
1: that take? Uh, I think a lot of people, actually.
0: All right. Well, then I'll come in with that take. Noah, this new Eric King's team is literally undefeated. That's they have back. a PD of I 22. can't even refute. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's insane. That's historical. Okay, we won't, we won't lead with that. We won't lead with that. I know you want to. Noah, as I alluded to with cried, cried Dlexler, um, dried Dyslexia, uh, we have maybe the biggest trade at the deadline in NBA history going down today. I mean, no, this trade has been boiling for eight months now.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Eight months this specific trade has been boiling. We had a dude just straight up to refuse to play for a championship contender for no other reason than he didn't like how the media and the team treated him after they lost. Mm-hmm.
1: Like And it and it worked out. It
0: it did. It did better than I think he ever could have <laughs> hoped. <laughs> truly he could have ended up in sacramento He's... he dude well i think he would have loved if he ended up in sacramento but like he could have ended up in fucking the boonies he could have been in portland i don't think that ben <laughs> um, simmons would we do are... well in portland
1: yes we are talking about mr ben simmons con the net 76ers it seems like um this really gained traction, con it seemed like um two weeks ago, uh when these reports first started coming out, you know, um the net I feel like the Sixers put a lot of pressure on the Nets here to make this move. It almost seems like Maury kind of bullied them into it. Um even earlier today, con Steve Nash said James Harden will not be traded. Um and clearly that was a lie. Doc Rivers even canceled practice earlier today, con because he um, he knew that this trade was going to happen um, and dude shouldn't find out that way in front of the whole team I really feel like and yeah. the 76ers Colin they acquire James Harden and Paul Millsap the Brooklyn Nets acquire Ben Simmons Seth Curry Andre Drummond and two future first round picks Colin
0: I mean for a dude on an expiring contract lest we forget yes I mean, he opted that in. that could have just
1: left him in the summer.
0: Yeah. I mean, he opted in. That was part of it. But you just, you sent everything for a
1: year and a half. Yeah. Of James Harden. I mean, I think the Sixers actually, I think the Sixers see this as a dub, Colin, because they didn't have to trade Tyrese Maxey or Matisse Thibel, I um, think two they of do their too. guards who are on rookie contracts. Um, let's, let's, this is, there's a lot to unpack here, Colin. There's so much on Let's, there. let's look at this first from the Sixers side. Um, Dale Mori is a winner of this trade, Colin. You know, he was holding out this whole season mm-hmm. while Embiid was playing like an MVP. Um, you know, people were criticizing him. He, but he stayed true to himself, Colin. He was waiting for the big fish. Um, and Harden was that big fish. It, yeah. How how do you like the Embiid-Harden fit, first off, Colin?
0: So, it, it's an interesting one, you know, in that what Ben Simmons never did was take control of the game when, not necessarily when Embiid couldn't, but in ways Embiid couldn't. What Harden mm-hmm. now does is provide mm-hmm. some of the best spacing that any point guard is going to give you Next to the most dominant, just brute force mm-hmm. big man that the NBA has seen. Can I say since Shaq? Since Are you, Simon, would anybody yeah. fight me on that? I mean, I don't think there's reason to. So mm-hmm. when you look at it that way, how can it not work? You know? And mm-hmm. should be better. Where I question it is James Harden, next to other superstars, has never really proven himself. I mean, we're talking about a guy who has run through Kevin Durant twice, Russell Westbrook (laughs) twice, Chris Paul, Dwight Howard, and, you know, maybe Dwight was... More at the tail end, but it was still an all-star caliber Dwight Howard. It, Kyrie mm-hmm. Irving is Kyrie Irving. But we're talking about teams that have been built to contend for a decade now. You know, maybe some of those early Rockets teams weren't necessarily quite there. But this dude has has had, I'll call it like seven legit chances at a title. Mm-hmm. And he's come up short. Mm-hmm. Now... None of them have been big men. You know, Dwight Howard maybe, but Dwight Howard just plays a different brand of basketball than Joel Embiid does. Dwight Howard's never been a guy to mm-hmm. put up 30 a night, like just never. <clears throat> so Howard wasn't a back
1: to the basket kind of thing.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Howard was much more defensive-minded, you know. If Howard could get you 20 a night, like that was that was prime Dwight Howard. You know. Mhm. So the roster still seems to be built around it. You know, you saved Maxie and Tybalt, which is huge for them because we know Harden lacks defensively. and Embiid picks up more than enough. It's going to come down to Harden and Embiid playing 40-plus a night in the playoffs and being able to come through. You know? Mm-hmm. As much as we would like to think that Simmons was the only one at fault last year... Embiid has had his duds of playoff series, too. I mean, you Mm -hmm. know, one of Simmons' biggest gripes, I think we talked about this the other week, was that when Embiid averaged 17 points per game against the Raptors, Simmons didn't give him shit. I mean, that was a Raptors Mm -hmm. team that didn't play a lot of big men. You know, you you had Marc Gasol. Mm -hmm. I I would think that Embiid should be able to handle, you know, like a 33-year-old Marc Gasol, right? (laughs) Yes. So it's gonna be interesting. I don't know if they're now as well built as what the Nets could be if they really start clicking.
1: Yeah. I I, I like the pairing con. I'm just glad that Maury and the Sixers as an organization aren't wasting a season like this from um MB. I think it would'd be absolutely brutal if they mm-hmm. would have kept uh, Simmons passed this trade deadline and I think pairing him with Harden does solve a lot of the offensive issues of the past that the Sixers have had um the Sixers have always needed someone con who can consistently get him be the ball in positions that make mm-hmm. it easier for him to score um which the the problem with Simmons was con that he didn't keep the defense honest right no. guys would sag off of him they would easily double and me because they know that's where they're going. Yeah, but Harden just Harden isn't Harden isn't someone you can just sag off and dare to shoot. He's one of the best scorers in the game, Colin. He's one of the best ISO scorers in the game. Um, mm-hmm. even with his down shooting this season, <laughs> defenders do not dare James Harden to knock down threes. Um, no, he can take over when he's needed, and I think he's a great playmaker to get and beat the ball. Um, I think w- during these first couple weeks, Colin, these first months before the playoffs, it's going to be a lot of. Um, my turn, your turn between Embiid and Harden while they build their chemistry. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do really like the long-term pairing. I, I think it's kind of brutal, Colin, that they had to give up Seth Curry. Um, because i because so the too. reason, the reason Harden wasn't working in Brooklyn, Colin, was let's first off, the big three in Brooklyn played sixteen games together, Colin, during this year and a half. That's 13-3 In those games. But they only played 16 games, Colin, and the reason oh, yeah, Harden yeah. was playing so Sorry. badly this it, season right. was because you need you need shooters around Harden. That's how he works. He gets yes. to the lane so often is that he he needs shooters to kick out to. And the Nets didn't have shooters with Joe Harris being injured. Um, looking at their <laughs> looking at their roster depth now, Colin, we're looking at Tyrese Maxey and Shake Milton, Harden and Mons. Matisse Thibel and Danny Green, Tobias Harris, George Niang, Joel Embiid, Paul Millsap. They um, they sacrificed a lot of depth here, Colin. That they did, that they did. Yeah, and
0: what's brutal is is who who is traditionally been, you know, this is his fifth season in the league, all for the 76ers. He'd shot an on average. Thirty-eight and a half over the last thirty-nine percent over the last two seasons, and he's down to twenty-eight and a half right now mm. on the season from three. So it's not even like you know maybe you can expect him to turn around, but yeah, the outside attack it definitely took a major hit with Seth Curry, who's people forget one of the best three-point shooters in the game.
1: Hmm. I um. I had to look it up, Colin, because there was a lot of Harden uh, slander happening on the Twitter timeline today, you know, talking about games missed and, oh, is his hamstring the same, um, which it very much could not be. He's older now, Colin. He's had a lot of miles. They absolutely, he, he had so much mileage put on in Houston, but through 2009 and 2000, through 2009 to 2020, Colin Harden missed 43 games. Um, that's ridiculous. You could argue that him, Paul Pierce, and LeBron are maybe the three most durable perimeter players of this generation. Um, I I'm not too worried about the hamstring call. I think no, I I think, it was, it. I think he's going to play the Sixers next fucking game. Honestly, um,
0: we will. I think this is a perfect time to bring it up. We will, we all watched the All Star. Uh, <laughs> that was picking. that was some.
1: High quality television. That, if
0: you haven't seen it, go. It's on YouTube. Just watch the whole thing. It's it is so worth it. From from Ernie Johnson. Did you watch the whole thing,
1: Noah? Uh, no, I did uh, watch the funny parts.
0: Okay. Well, did you see Ernie Johnson? <laughs> like they they like brought up Black History, and he just he has a quote that. Man, you uh you got to be Ernie Johnson to pull off. I'll, I'll I'll leave it at that. You can go look it up, you know. I'm not going to ruin the joke for you if you haven't seen it, but oh man, funny stuff. And it obviously ends Noah with LeBron and Kevin Durant at ref- both refusing to pick James Harden. I think cuz LeBron wanted to stir the pot and KD was like, <laughs> "No, uh-uh." <laughs> That uh, that Seventy Sixers Nets series, I think the the NBA and Adam, Adam Silver is dying to see happen.
1: <laughs> March tenth, con mark the calendars. I know, I'm on the, the Nets come into Philly to play.
0: Oh, I wish. Oh, that's gonna be bad, dude. People forget think, Philly uh, sports fans are some of the close, most cordial Colin?
1: fans. Do you think if the game's close, Colin, uh, the Sixers will hack up Ben Simmons? Oh, Philly fans would go
0: nuts.
1: You should. <laughs> I wouldn't know. <though. laughs> um, where, where does this... How do you project the Sixers now, Colin?
0: Um, yeah, I mean, you it, you'd have to assume that they've improved. I just I don't know that if I look at the landscape that they've set themselves that much ahead. You know, I think that now they definitely find themselves in the conversation with the Nets and the Bucks, like as the the real top three contenders in the East. You know, I, I think beforehand mm-hmm. they really had the Bulls number this year, which is, is tough for me to admit as a Bulls fan. Um and I think with this they really catapult themselves up there, but I, I still don't think that they're better on paper than the Bucks or the Nets. I think they made the Nets better.
1: So I I, I you know I agree, Colin. We were texting about this yesterday and I, I thought it I thought it potentially made the Nets better this season and in the future. Um We can move over to this side, the other side of this trade con. But just quickly, what what is your grade for the Sixers here? Um,
0: it's it's got to be an A minus. I think that they did what they needed to do. You you moved Ben Simmons, you got a superstar. I think they gave up maybe too much, but at the end of the day, win now is win now, and that's what you're doing. And you went and got Mm -hmm. they got the big the guy. You got the guy. Truly. So Mm -hmm. I just – I don't think that you can realistically give them anything lower than that, especially given the Simmons stuff. I mean, you moved a guy who wasn't playing. Like more more or less, you traded Danny Green, Andre Drummond, and two future first-round picks for Harden, which anybody would jump out of their shoes to do.
1: Yes. Um I agree with that, Colin. They traded a guy who wasn't even playing for them. Um, I think I think it's an a a minus for them. I agree. Um, moving over to the Nets side, Colin, uh, the Nets GM Sean Marks, uh, I certainly don't think this is what he envisioned, Colin, when they acquired Harden during the first month of last season. No. Uh, but with the way things have fallen apart for the Nets, um, this is a pretty good consolation prize for Harden wanting out and potentially just leaving in the summer, Colin. Um yeah. I I have kind of I've kind of always been a Ben Simmons fan. I I think a team I was kind of always on the table that a team built around Ben Simmons potentially could be better than a team built around Joel Embiid. Um for the first time in his career, Colin, Ben Simmons is going to get to, get to play on a team that has an open paint. Um I I love the pairing here, Colin. I really I love too. this situation for Simmons. I I think, I don't know if, I think the things Ben Simmons are does well, Khan, now are going underrated, just with the way people viewed him after that last playoffs, and just the way people view him now, and I think we just have to remember that Simmons is a freight train driving to the basket, con especially in transition when he takes the ball aggressively. He's one of, if not the best defensive player in the game when he was playing last season, and um, you can see that from what has happened to that Sixers defense this season. Um, from last season, uh, the Nets have been slipping defensively for uh, quite some time this season, and I think Simmons is a player who ties a lot of things together for that Nets team. I also Simmons Simmons was like the number two offensive option in um, Philadelphia. Con he won't be asked to shoot nearly as much in Brooklyn, and there's zero expectation of him playing hero ball con. Um, yeah, not. They have Durant for that. They have Kyrie for that in away games. Um, Simmons is going to be asked to play more of a big man role around the hoop. He's going to be asked to play a Draymond-type role. Um. And no one cares, calling that Draymond Green doesn't shoot. No. No. No he's, one cares. He's the 7-7-7. Seven, seven, seven. He's LeBron but
0: 20 points less.
1: Yes. I... I love this, con. I think Simmons is here strictly to fix the defense. And yeah. he has a chance here, con, to redefine what his game is offensively. Um, I think the addition of Seth Curry is massive. Dude, it's uh, the Nets already had Patty Mills as a backcourt counter. But bringing Curry into this mix is even better um, when it comes to the absence of Kyrie Irving at home. Curry is one of the deadliest shooters in the league. Um, when Joe Harris gets healthy, him and Curry are going to find so many open shots for themselves, yeah. Colin. Um, Curry provides floor spacing for Durant, Irving, and Simmons. And he's under contract for another year, Colin, at $8.4 million. And then they get him for his extension? No, he's making oh, eight point four oh, this sorry, sorry. season South and next Curry. season.
0: South I thought you were saying, okay, my bad. Yeah, yeah, who's a career 42% three-point shooter.
1: Career. Yes. He he is easily one of the most important role players the Nets have going forward. And just just to throw it in extra con, they got Andre Drummond on the side, maybe the best rebounder ever. Uh Bill Russell. All right. Um and the Nets also got the Nets also got two future first-round picks on either use
0: games that don't matter.
1: <laughs> okay. Um this isn't what the Nets envisioned going into the season, but it's a pretty good safety net for them. Well, and we set this too, Noah.
0: Y- you have two future first-round picks now to flip this off-season. Like mm. that second one is tasty too. That's tasty. That's like a real one. It's like, I don't expect the Sixers to be good in nine years. Like who knows. It's a total crapshoot. So, yeah, I think it's great. I think defensively this team this team is going to be good now. I mean... Ben in fits a, in
1: really well, really, really well.
0: Yeah, and, and people forget, too, once the playoffs come around, points per game start going way down. You know, the defense really picks up. It starts mm-hmm. to get to elite levels. Having a guy like Ben Simmons... If we're talking about like a Giannis stopper, the, one of the, the best Nets, in the league, the Nets just went and got him.
1: Not making KD guard the best forward on the other team, Colin is oh. absolutely gigantic. This huge. Do um, you know how? Can gas I just read you their roster now? Yeah. Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, Patty Mills, Blake Griffin. Joe Harris, Lamarcus Aldridge, Blake Griffin, Cam Thomas.
0: They got two of them,
1: Blake Griffin's. Oh, well, uh, the Kings got two Jer-
0: two of them, Jeremy Lamb. So, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I all the Nets were the Nets were losing so much, con because they had no depth, and the Sixers fixed all of that for them.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think you roll out Andre Drummond as your starting center now, right? I mean as opposed Yeah, to... I think Andre Drummond
1: starts, Marcus Aldridge finishes games probably. I or think Ben so Simmons too. finishes games.
0: I think so too. Yeah, I think that Aldridge is probably uh better coming down the crunch, but yeah, getting Drummond in there is is huge. I mean, he's not fantastic defensively anymore. Uh, not that he was ever like truly elite by any stretch of the imagination. But it helps. It just, oh, it helps. You you forget how much depth does matter, you know, because I think there was mm-hmm. a notion for a long time there, just especially being a Bulls fan because we had, like, the bench mob and that we would rely on the bench mob and those Heat teams would go, like, seven deep, you know, because they would just run Bosh, Wade, and LeBron and then whatever shooter they had out there to pick and pop with them all. And win because they they had just so much more talent. They had more talent than arguably any other NBA team has seen. Sands the twenty sixteen twenty seven the twenty seventeen Warriors. You know, so you mm-hmm. don't have to be deep when you have talent like that. But nobody's talented like that right now. So you have to you have to have some form of depth.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I um, I'm really excited to see this Nets team play now, Colin. I. I want every fiber in my body, like, every fiber in my body, Con wants Ben Simmons to come out and just bang threes. (laughs) Like, how funny would that be?
0: That I would love that. If he came out, even if he was, like, a a 32% three-point shooter, but, like, like it didn't look like he was just going to airball everything and then, like, throw the ball into the sea. What's the quote? No, no, no. Oh, he's... Couldn't couldn't hit the ball if there was no ocean around him, throw the ball in the water if there was no ocean around him. Ah, oh, there's a there's a good quote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I'm missing it, but We get we get the gym. We get us. that. And you guys get it. You get it. Alright, did did we talk about the Nets and the the seventy six years enough?
1: What what's your grade for it, Colin? It's gotta be an A. It has to be. Uh, you know. I agree, it's an A con. I also agree that this this uh, this team could all both of these teams it could blow up in their face potentially con. Uh, it definitely could blow up for the Nets just having both Kyrie and Ben Simmons. <laughs> it also could blow up for the Sixers con, seeing as how they just traded half of their team, and it could the Harden situation easily cannot work.
0: Yeah, let's let's not forget that at the center of this trade is two of the most <laughs> diva-esque players the NBA has.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, have we ever seen a superstar force his way out of two teams in 14 months? <laughs> Maybe Jimmy? I mean, he didn't force his way out of Philly. He was a free agent. Oh yeah, Forget and about. he certainly wasn't forced away from the Bulls. You know, I think he wanted to stay there, but yeah, no, like it's. Well, oh, I was thinking Timberwolves into Philly. Yeah, no, I know, but like I don't think you could say that. Yeah, he forced his way out of Philly. I mean, he was a free agent. Yeah. And then Ben Simmons, this dude was willing to settle out for an entire season if he had to. <laughs> he, I, there's a chance he was just never gonna play a game again if like that's what it came down to.
1: He's on. I think it's already been announced, Khan, that he's going to play in the Nets next game.
0: Yeah, yeah. His mental, mental health, health and, and James and Harden's that. hamstring <laughs> got real good, real quick. There, I don't know <laughs> what happened.
1: <laughs> I, I I'm just glad the trade happened, Khan. It's it's crazy how we see two teams as good, just deal superstars. Um, it's something we're not like you said we're not going <laughs> to see probably again for a very long time. Um. It could. This could be potentially, just like you said, the best, yeah. or not the best, but like the most high-profile superstar trade at, on the day of the tread deadline that we'll see for a while.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and I have one more thing to bring yeah. up before we move on. Uh, there were a lot of fantastic tweets today, but tweet of the day has to go to Joel Embiid.
1: <laughs> had to show up at the I, funeral I to make
0: sure my enemy is dead.
1: <laughs> oh, I can't wait! Uh, we we need a playoff series between these two teams so badly. Do you think that
0: Embiid and KD might just kill Harden Simmons next time they play?
1: Maybe there's a real possibility. There's a chance. I, All right, I Carl, see, let's go hypothetical I a... here.
0: Simmons goes up for a Hypothetical.
1: <laughs> And be just fucking Andrew Bynum's JJ Barea type yeah. situation.
0: He just <laughs> he goes flying jump kick, does the the Antonio Brown in the open field versus the punter
1: <laughs> Let's go hypothetical here, Colin. Okay. Seven game series, sixers mm-hmm. nets. Who's winning and in how many games?
0: I I gotta go Nets I think that defensively they outmatch the Seventy Sixers, uh, maybe not outmatch, but can I think defensively? They can handle what the Seventy Sixers are going to do much easier than what the Nets are going to do to the Seventy Sixers. It really depends. You know what? Here, here's my answer. If the uh, the Nets have home court advantage, it's going seven. If the Seventy Sixers have <laughs> home court advantage, it's going six. Give me, give me Nets and Six, Colin. Okay, not not based on who has the higher seed, so we get extra Kyrie games. No. Okay. All right. Fair. Uh, you heard it here first.
1: All right. Next trade, Colin.
0: We only spent half an hour on that. I. Trade. <laughs> oh,
1: fuck. Uh, I haven't had much to cheer for, Colin, this season. As you know, the Pacers absolutely doggy. The Kings and Pacers agreed to a six-player trade, Colin. The Pacers acquired Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy Heal, and Tristan Thompson. The Kings acquired Demontis Sabonis, Jeremy Lamb, Jeremy Lamb, and a twenty twenty seven second round pick, Justin Holiday. But Justin Holiday can't even play home games in Sacramento because he's unvexed. Colin, just uh. You know, just, well, well, let's prep, let me preface this, Colin. Okay, by, I will let you preface. People were absolutely roasting the Kings on Twitter for this trade, uh-huh. which, you know, rightfully so. They traded Tyrese Halliburton, who, in all respects, Colin, was reported Ooh, that the league was stunned wait, that wait, this hon, trade pause. happened.
0: Pause. Are you about to defend the Kings making this move? Because you're a Pacers fan. I, I I I just want it to be known out there to anybody that's listening and might think that there's a decent bit of logic coming, that Noah benefited from this trade more than anybody else. Literally, maybe on the planet. Noah's mental health has never been better. I'm going to
1: defend the Kings here, Colin. Okay. The Kings, Colin, have been a middling franchise. They tanked. The tank didn't work, and Uh they've just kind of been trying to make it work with what they've had. And... They made. They just came. I. You gotta respect the Kings. Gone here. Is you it the right move? To. No. You they should be tanking. But they made a decision as a franchise that they want to make the playoffs. They want to win. They don't want to tank again. And I respect that. And, and I. I don't think the trades is bad. Is as bad as everyone thinks it is. I'll, I'll say it right now, the Kings are getting a B for me. You know, the way I
0: look at it is uh, the, the guy who started Enron got out of jail this year, and I just have to assume he's running the Kings <laughs> right now. That's that's the way that I look at it.
1: Oh, we got Tyrese Halliburton, baby.
0: Yeah, of course you're giving, oh. giving it a B. You just got the best young player that you've had since Paul George. Like, no shit you're happy with it. No, you can't sit here it, and tell me. It, I'm going to first take this bitch. You can't sit here and tell me that mortgaging one of the top ten most promising players in the NBA for a chance at a play-in game is worth it. No, I don't give a shit that you haven't, been the haven't made the playoffs since 17 2005. Years. 17 years. I don't care. I don't care. Because you know what the best part is? They're not going to make the play-in tournament. They're, ju- they're not. They're going to finish in the 11th seed. They're going to have sent away Burton for dominatus Sabonis, who's a great player. He's a great player. <laughs> but he solves nothing. He solves nothing. The West is the West is good. The West is 10 teams good, and you're the 11th team, and you just gave away any chance you had at a decent future to lose a play-in game. How can you sit here and tell me that the away game you play That will be nationally televised is at all worth becoming a decent (laughs) franchise. You're going to give that a B.
1: Oh, Skip Bayless sitting across the. I'm giving it a B because they chose the direction they made and Sabonis makes them a better team. Con it raises their four. The funniest thing, Con, is a team built around Demontis Sabonis. You want shoot. You want shooters and slashers and. The Kings just traded away their best shooter and their best slasher. Um, they're the Kings, the Colin. It's, it's it is what it it is what it is. I'm giving it a B, dude. I don't. I think people very vastly overreacted to it. It is terrible. They traded away Tyrese Halliburton, but they made their decision, Con, as where they're wanting to go in a franchise. Yeah, we're shit. we're Con. We share the same mindset that if you're not building a championship, what are if you're not building to win a championship, what are you doing? But tanking doesn't put asses in seats like the kings the kings No the kings tattoo or else they're gonna get moved soon. Like that's the raw reality of it.
0: No, I, I, I do get that. You know, is, is you know, hardcore NBA fans, we're very passionate, you know. We we do maybe too often look through the lens of is this move getting you towards a championship When In all reality you know, it, it, at the end of the day, if you don't have a Giannis, if you don't have a KD, if you don't have an Embiid, if you don't have a LeBron, you're probably not doing it. You know, we've realistically seen it happen once with the Pistons in two
1: thousand four. We're an insanely built team. It, you know, let's. It's let's... crazy to see on how the playing tournament has already. It's yes, yeah. It, it's crazy to see on how the playing tournament has already um shaped teams thinking like teams think if you make the playing tournament you made the playoffs and i think that's what adam silver wanted he wanted more teams you know trying to win um Mm -hmm. playing playing tournament is a big winner here (laughs) yeah so you know what i'll say to that is uh
0: during the covid shortened baseball season when they let eight teams into the playoffs Kind of something similar happened. Like you had a a Marlins team who was supposed to be garbage, but they were projected to finish around 500. They were actually active at the trade deadline, a team that has not been competitive since 2005, you know, just straight up not competitive, Mm -hmm. making moves. So there definitely is some credence to you have more teams trying and you don't just have this massive concentration of players at the top which just funnels away from a competitive NBA. So I, I like it in that sense from an NBA fan. I just, regardless of putting butts in seats, I don't get the trade. Even if you wanted to trade Halliburton, why are you including Buddy Heald? You You could have gotten a first for Buddy. You <laughs> could have gotten two second-round picks for Buddy, but you just got Simmons. Like, I just... So uh, sorry, Sabonis. So just you know, like in that facet of it, the trade just also doesn't make sense.
1: Yes, I. They're the Kings. I I'm giving it a B still. I'll give it a B minus con. I I rethought it. The Kings get a B minus for this because. I think the Kings The Kings are all in on De'Aaron Fox, and Sabonis helps unlock both the Kings' offense and De'Aaron Fox. I, I'm pretty shocked, Colin, that Rashawn Holmes is still on the team. Uh, Sabonis made his debut last night, and Rashawn Holmes played 12 minutes. Um, <laughs> why is this guy still on the team? I don't know. I, don't know. Like, I, I feel bad. bad. Rashawn was. is so good. Go fuck yourself, Kings. Well, yeah, we're going to talk about that in a little. but Okay. We have to address this from the Pacers' side, Colin. My boys. Do we have to? We got got Tyrese Halliburton.
0: Yeah. Noah, uh, just for the audience out there, uh, two days ago when this trade went down, Noah texted me five times throughout the day separately, like not in a row. Just he would text me, dude, and then I would start typing. And then before I could finish typing, he would say, we got Halliburton. Like, I fell asleep to a text that just said, Dude, we got Halliburton. <laughs> so, for the mental dude, health sake of this podcast,
1: dude. We got Halliburton. We got Halliburton. Like, let's ride. And you, you sent me some awesome stats, Con, and I just have to read them. Five notes about Tyrese Halliburton. 93 players, Con, have tried at least 300 jumpers this year. He ranked sixth in efficiency, 58.7 effective field goal percentage. Forty-nine players have tried at least a hundred off the dribble threes. He's second in three-point percentage, forty-point six. He makes forty-two point six percent of his catch and shoot threes. He's eleventh in the league in total assists, and he's twenty-one and has two more years left on his rookie contract. It's pretty sick. And you can flip heels for picks, dude. Like, come on. That's. That's the thing here, Colin. I'm giving the Pacers a B right now. Um, I think is <laughs> awesome. A-plus. And it could be even better than a B, Colin, because you think about our summer. Yeah. Brogdon garners a first. A lot of teams would want Brogdon. Heald so. garners a first for his shooting. Miles Turner is potentially a first and a young player, Colin. If all of those deals were to happen, we would have four firsts that are not our own, and then additionally, all of our firsts moving forward.
0: Yeah, let's not forget that That's you, how you rebuild.
1: could have a, a top five pick
0: this year. And, there's and we're getting Jaden Ivey mean, to pair with Tyrese Halliburton. Oh, okay. Well, you know, we can all dream. But, yeah, there's some dudes that I really like. Uh, Paulo out of Duke. I was watching him the other day. That man's going to be good in the NBA. He's he's struggling a little bit in the college game right now. I, I think it's just a little too slow for him. I think he really needs to get out and run. But, whew, He's gonna be real good. I, I think right now, gun to my head, I'd, I'd take Paulo with the number one. That's that's a whole other episode, though. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm throwing it out there. He looks real Um good.
1: Miles Turner is a winner of this trade con. He, you know, earlier this season, there were reports that he wanted out. Um, mm-hmm. He felt underutilized, underappreciated. Um, the problem with the bonus con was on. Floor that there was nowhere to hide him defensively. He's our center. You can't hide that yeah. guy with how much pick and roll gets run in the NBA. And, um, you, the Turner's defensive abilities couldn't really be maximized, Colin. Um, no, and he's still leading the league in blocks. <laughs> like, I think now with Turner, um, looking to hopefully stay, um, I'd still be down to move him if we can get the right picks, but. Um, we have to at least let him play sometime at center, see how it works out. I think he, I think he could potentially be unleashed even more on the defensive end and the offensive end. And this, this move is awesome. It leaves the Pacers open to make even more deals down the road. And we got fucking Tyrese Halliburton. Like, come on.
0: You got Halliburton. You got Halliburton. You got Halliburton. All right, no, we're we're forty five minutes into the pod and we've gone over two <laughs> trades. Oh Let's. Let's start cooking a little bit more on these. I, I kind of figured that's how it was going to go down, but uh, I, I don't know where your notes are, but is the CJ trade the next biggest trade we got to talk about?
1: Yeah, and I predicted this. Um, you no did. biggie for me, but the Pelicans you acquired CJ McCollum. Actually. Yes, sir, baby. You love that. CJ McCollum, Larry Nancy Jr., Tony Snell. The Trailblazers acquired Josh Hart, Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Who they already traded to the Jazz. Tomas Sadoransky, mm-hmm. Didi Luzada, a 2022 4-15 through 15 protected first-round pick and two 2022 second-round picks. Mm-hmm. Um, I, we kind of talked about this already, Colin, but we like this move on the terms of the Pelican side, right? Yeah, I think, I think mean, so. I they got C.J. McCollum. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean,
0: <laughs> you need to make Zion happy. Like, you cannot yes. squander Anthony Davis and then Zion Williamson and just let them both walk. Like you just can't you mm-hmm. can't do that, you know, especially with a franchise that has, you know, essentially no history. Like you have Chris Paul finishing second in the MVP. That's that's kind of what you have. You have Anthony Davis hitting some cool buzzer beaters in the playoffs. You know? <laughs> like you you actually you need to start contending and I think people have massively forgotten how good Brandon Ingram is. He's having yep. a very underrated year right now. You know, granted, yes, uh-huh. there's nobody really around him. But if you're telling me that you're rolling out a starting five of whoever they choose to throw out at point guard, C.J., Zion, Ingram, Valanciunas, and then you you're bringing Herb off the bench. Whoa. I mean, imagine that's Lonzo just... on this team. Yeah, imagine. <laughs> They're So <laughs> stupid. They're so <laughs> stupid. They're so dumb. Herb Jones but,
1: about to play 48 minutes of defense every night.
0: <laughs> he really is. He really is. But it's, it's like a, a very respectable lineup. You know, I don't think that they're going mm-hmm. anywhere, but I think it's very much a sign of, hey, look, Zion, this is a place where we we
1: can build. Mm-hmm. And I think that's me, what it, it I think Zion's coming back now, Colin. I don't think they make this move at the deadline if Zion's not coming back and they're pushing for a play-in tournament spot. Yeah, I think so, too.
0: Because, I mean, we, we've we said it before. They have been generally competitive since that atrocious start. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. they are a playing team. Been around a 500 team. Yeah, and you just traded from the Blazers, who are, you know, the next team out, the 11th seed, who certainly aren't getting any better this season. I think that <laughs> they would very much like to get worse and come back next year and reload. you got the Kings, who are going to try to catch and then the ya. Spurs. The good old yeah. Spurs. And who just traded away <laughs> Derek White. So I don't know. I think if you want to make the play in tournament, if that's your goal, I think you've got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh
1: gimme your give me your quick grades, con so we can hit uh, a
0: more I'll give the Pelicans a B plus. I, I think they've capped themselves a little bit. I think CJ's contract is not mm-hmm. terribly appetizing, but you did what you had to do. Um for the Pelican or for the Blazers <laughs> You know, Josh Hart, Josh Hart's a nice piece. The first is, eh, I'll give him a, a B minus, you know, eh, it's just,
1: maybe. Just trade him two seasons ago, dude, come on. Wait, wait what? Trade CJ like two years ago. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, seriously. Yeah, I, I think I'll give him a B minus. I think I'm firm on that. You know, maybe you can convince me that they're a B, but I think they're they're more in the B
1: minus range. All right. Um, I agree. I'll give the I give the Blazers a C plus, especially because they traded away Nikhil and Walker. I thought he was going to be a part of their new team. Uh, yeah, I give the Pelicans a B. Um, let's cover maybe the most confusing trade of the day, Colin. That was the Washington Wizards yeah. receiving Kristaps Borzingis and the Dallas Mavericks receiving Spencer Dinwiddie and Davis Bertons.
0: Noah, did we just see the first trade where both teams
1: immediately got worse? I um I uh the wizards make my stomach hurt.
0: What are they doing? Like if Kristaps <sighs> can't work with Luca, you think that <laughs> Brad Beal can work with him? A guy who doesn't distribute the ball.
1: Ugh, <laughs> um for the Mavs con, this gets them off some potential cap. Um, yeah. Spencer Dinwiddie is a decent piece because you do need another guard who can play make around um, Luka and he's also an insurance piece because Jalen Brunson's been the Mavs or the Mavs' second best player this year, Colin. Yeah, he is. He's gonna get paid this offseason He's already getting interest from the um, Pistons, also from the Knicks. He's gonna make anywhere here, Colin, from sixteen to twenty. And the Mavs potentially, if a team offers him more than eighteen, have to let him walk basically. Um, so they're getting back up insurance for that in Dinwiddie. Um you know, the Christaps thing Christaps was good calling this season yeah, when he, he played. Was. That's the that's the thing when he played. He was a twenty point per game scorer in the games he's played gone, but he's missed twenty one games this season and the Mavs just need some bodies on the floor and they need three point shooters around Luka. Um just yeah, kinda what it is.
0: I just like I not what a trade Chris,
1: that fucking Chris Stapps trade not, was for the not Mavs. Not that
0: Chris Stapps was anything like terribly special defensively, but he was long. Who? Not that they're going to get there. I think they, the Mavs realize that they're just really not there right now. But if you have to play Giannis, if you have to play Embiid, <laughs> even the Nuggets, you, who's going to stop those big guys? Not Kristaps. Well, not Kristaps, but now nobody. What, you you think yeah. that Maxi Kleber is going to You know, really put a dent into those guys' abilities. Like to me, it just like you didn't get any better. I think that (laughs) offensively, it's nice to have an actual two guard with Luca. You know, a a guy who's a little bit more score first. But you just gave away any form of interior defense that you. If the if the if the Wizards
1: offer Bradley Beal that forty six million dollar extension, they're the biggest joke in the league. Maybe. Uh, and they're already out there. The kings. I gotta go with the Kings
0: actually. You <laughs> you, you really want to gloss over the Kings being run by seven monkeys and a dolphin. Spiel. But, I've said my I've said my spiel. But I'm not gonna gloss over that. No, have you ever seen the this South Park episode where they figure out how Family Guy's written? No. It's a great episode. If you've never seen it, I, I would very much watch it. But uh Cartman hates Family Guy because he thinks it's like the least funny thing ever and then he finds out that Family Guy is written by four dolphins who have a bunch of balls of different words and they play with the balls until they accidentally fall in these chambers and write jokes. And I think that those four dolphins might be in charge of the Kings. I think that they just have all of their players in ping pong balls and then they have the rest of the NBA in ping pong balls and they just automatically send out three trades a day. And it just so happened that oh they decided to trade
1: the healed <laughs> all right we, we, <laughs> we don't have time for this uh I'm giving the wizards a C and I'm giving the Mavs a C. This is just uh this is so fucking weird. I'm gonna give I'm, them both I'm a confused. D. D confused d plus to the Mavs all right, quick hitters here, Colin okay the Pistons acquired Marvin Bagley the third. let's go. He's out at Sacramento. My um, I think Detroit's Free an my awesome scenario for him, Colin. No one's watching Pistons games. He has no expectations in Detroit. Yeah. Um, you know he could ball. Were people watching Pistons games? They are now. I think. <laughs> um, I I like I love this move from Marvin Bagley. Yeah, no, I am pretty yeah. sure we called this move like three fucking months ago, Colin. <laughs> I think we did. That that sounds about right. <laughs> um, the Bucks acquired Sergi Ibaka and two second round picks from Detroit. Uh, Serge Baca's nice insurance probably that, yeah. I think that's telling that Brook Lopez isn't coming back the rest yeah, of the season so now. Serge has actually had his two best games over the season, Colin, in his last two games, and one of them mm. was against the Bucks. Mm. Pretty funny. That is pretty funny. Um, yeah, give it the up Kings DiVincenzo, acquired though. Josh kind of Jackson. Tough. The Kings acquired Josh Jackson, Trey Lyles, in the Big Ragu Dante DiVincenzo. Yeah. Um, I do like DiVincenzo on this Kings team. They needed a shooter. They got him. Mm-hmm. Um, Grayson Allen is Mr. Steel your starting spot, Colin. God, I love I love
0: that guy. I just I, I think he's just such a, a stand up guy. I think that he plays a good brand of basketball that's just really lovable.
1: And then the last team, the Clippers acquired Rodney Hood and Semi Ogelet. Um, big hits from that. Is Kings got Dante, I'll give that a B. Uh I'll Bucks got Serge, I'll give that a B. And Pistons got Marvin Bagley, I give that a B plus.
0: Yeah, um, Bagley's on an expiring contract. Are they anticipating that whole resign, or does he have another year that he could opt into?
1: No, i i I think the Pistons are going to let it. I think the Pistons are just going to see like what he does, how he plays the rest of the season. Yeah, and um, I think that's really smart for them. Yeah. I mean, I still, yeah, uh, I think Bagley yeah. could be good. So do I. So do I. You can't judge his time in Sacramento. It was just too weird. Yeah, toxic just... workplace. Um, we already talked about this one, but Karis will work to the Cavs, con It's come out that that, that first-round pick we got is going to be somewhere in the 20s, and the second-round pick was actually a Rockets second-round pick, on, and that That's pick huge. is projected to be 33 right now. So we got a pick in the twenty and in the low 30s for Karis. That's a big dub. Yeah.
0: I mean, I've, I've said this before, but I think in my mind, I view all picks in, like, the 24 to 40 range. Statistically, I think you – or selecting from the same pool of guys, mm-hmm. I think that the odds that the twenty fourth pick overall is an all star versus the fortieth pick overall mm-hmm. is generally going to be the same. you know I think that you might find some guys at the end of th- in in the twenties that can be role players right away you know i I think mm-hmm. that
1: I o and herb were both second round picks, yeah,
0: and that's where I was about to go with it is. You know, I think that there is a massive market of guys who played three or four years of college basketball that can come in and be really solid pieces.
1: Mm-hmm. So the Pacers potentially, Colin, in this next draft have a top seven, a uh, 20, pick in the 20s, and a pick in the low 30s. That's, that's pretty good stuff. You like that a lot. You like that a lot. Um, um, a deal I really like, Colin, was the Celtics acquired Derek White, the Spurs wow. acquired Josh Richardson, Romeo Langford and a protected twenty twenty two first round pick. I love this move for the Celtics. I I think it's a great move. I really, it's a do. fantastic move.
0: Um, you know, the only concern that's that's been brought up to me is the issue with the Celtics seems to be their lack of like an actual ball handler. And so Derek White's actually been at shooting guard for the last three years because DeJounte Murray's taken over the point guard spot. So we anticipate that Derek White will move back to the point guard spot. I think that he is gonna have a difficult task in front of him, trying to distribute the ball to Tatum and Brown in a manner that keeps them both happy and is also efficient. Because I think that, you know, sooner or later the the pot's gonna boil. And we're going to have to figure out which one of these guys is the Celtics one. You know, because I, I think for a while, everybody, including myself, just kind of assumed it was going to be Tatum. Uh, but it might be Brown,
1: and they need to figure Brown's that out. Brown's been the one this season. Yeah, Brown's okay. been the one this season. Um, I think Derek White is an awesome player defensively. I think him and Marcus Smart are a very good pairing. And I also think while Derek White may not, may not be the best pure playmaker, Colin, I don't think it's that hard of a task to um, – Get the ball to Tatum and green, Brown, yeah. um, and I also think Derek White's a very unselfish player. Um, something that the Celtics very much did not have in Dennis Schroeder. Um, yeah. The Celtics get a the Celtics get an A minus here for me, con
0: Yeah, I I think so too. I mean, like it's one of those things. I don't think that they're very deep at all, but you have superstar, you know, talent right there. And if you're the seven seed and you match up with I don't know, I, I don't want to say it, but like the Bulls who are kind of on a down skid, I could see them beating the Bulls, you know? Mm-hmm. I could see them beating the Cavs just out of, you know, we've been here before, we know how this works, and they just overpower them, you know? The mo- the moment gets too big. I, yeah, I don't see them beating the Sixers, Bucks, or Nats, but, you know, <laughs> maybe it happens. Yeah. Maybe sneak a sneaky game yeah. against the and- Raptors somehow.
1: Yeah, and I think Derek White gives them insurance to potentially move Marcus Smart this summer as well. Yeah, um, who they just signed to a stupid long contract. Uh, stupid yeah. long. Um, another move I really liked, Colin, was the Hornets acquired Montrez Harrell from the Wizards for Vernon yeah. Carey, Duke Legend, Ish Smith. Um, pretty sad Ish Smith didn't go to a new team, Colin. Uh, he's already been on the Wizards. Yeah. And they also got a second-round pick, uh, this is pretty awesome for the Hornets here, Con. They, they needed another big man.
0: Big time. Big time, yeah. If, if they want to actually be in the playoffs this year, I think that Montrez Harrell was a sneaky great move of the day. I mean, that one really went under the radar because it kind of was popping off when everything was going down. So uh, people didn't quite pay it too much mind. But, yeah, I think that Harrell provides them. I, I'm not going to say he's the X factor, but you look at that team and... Gordon Hayward's probably not coming back. You have a lot of backcourt depth, and you have no frontcourt talent.
1: Yeah, and um, that leads us into another trade. The uh, Yeah, I – what are the Wizards doing? But um, Hornets going all in on offense, Colin. Fuck it, man. <laughs> um the Celtics got some big man help. Con these are all just quick hitters. The yeah. Celtics got Daniel Tice, The Rockets received Dennis Schroeder who's going to get bought out, and his friend and his freedom, who's going to get bought out, and Bruno yeah. Fernando. Uh, you know what's Maryland funny about
0: that legend. one, Noah, is uh, Daniel what? Tice, had he just, uh, you know, kept his twelve twelve month lease, you know, from last year, he'd be able to get another <laughs> month out of it, even though he's visited Chicago and Houston <laughs> on the
1: way um colin the raptors got that young from the spurs I the know. raptors received that young drew Eubanks, so they're gonna buy out a 2022 oh. Pistons second round pick and the spurs got Goran Dragic, who will be bought out in a 2022 raptors first round pick that is 1 through 14 protected dude
0: i wanted that young so badly <laughs> so badly um yeah, I think that Thad Young is just a great piece for that Raptors team, you know. I uh, I don't think anybody thinks of them as being very competitive this year, but if you're going to do it, Thad Young is just a great guy to have around, you know. The
1: Raptors just needed another body. Yeah,
0: so- you know, truly, truly, and... With a team that's relatively young, I mean, I know that there were guys that were on, like, a championship team not too long ago, uh, but there were a lot of guys who weren't on that team, so uh, having a real long veteran like a Thad Young is always helpful. Um, Maybe a bit of an overpay with the uh, 1st round pick, maybe for a guy that probably was uh, (laughs) going to be available for much less, but... You know, you you do what you got to do. You, you got better, and uh, I hope the Bulls sign Dragic. We could uh, we could use another point guard.
1: Um, well, what's what's the time? looking like, on What are we at? We're at fifty nine fifty. So the rest of the trades are honestly like nothing special, con. Mm-hmm. I'll 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 just read them off real quick just for the sake of the listener. But I also have a I also have a little ending thing I want to do. All right. Um. So Bulbul traded to the Magic. Uh, yeah. the magic acquired Bulbul and PJ Dozier. The second the Celtics get a future second and cash considerations. Alright, okay, well um, the second best the... tweet
0: of the day, Noah, was, <laughs> yeah. was the
1: magic. <laughs> 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 That's so funny. That they did that. Oh, I love it. Um another trade here, Colin. The Jazz acquired Nikhil Alexander Walker and Wancho Hernan Gomez. The Spurs acquired Tomas Sataransky in a second round pick. And the Trailblazers acquired Joe Engle, Elijah Hughes, and a second-round pick. Um, I'm going to call right now, Colin, and say Joe Ingles is the ultimate homie. Um, he he kind of said that the Jazz could trade him to get them back a piece. And he's a free agent this summer, Colin. He is 100% signing back with the Jazz, I yeah. think. Yeah, I think they give him a like, vet min even if he can't play. He is a very real one, I'll tell you that. Shout-out Joe Ingles. Um, Blazers, what the fuck are you doing? I, I thought Anthony Simons was going to take C.J. McCollum's spot, and I thought Nikhil Alexander-Walker was going to take Anthony Simons' spot. And then they traded this fucking guy, Khan, <laughs> Just to have cap space to sign no one this summer, because the free agent class this summer is terrible. I don't even know who is a free agent this summer. Zach O'Vean's the best one, and then it very much drops off oh, a cliff. That's not fun for me to know.
0: Ew. Oh, fuck. He's going to get way overpaid. Oh, There's no guarantee he comes back. we got to pay the man. Not that I'm opposed to paying the man, but like we're going to have to pay the man. Yeah. Alright. Keep going.
1: Um, All the other trades we've covered, Colin, actually, that was the last trade. Oh. I just want to say that the Knicks traded for Cam Reddish, Colin, and I sent this to you, and it came out that Tom Thibodeau didn't even want the Knicks to trade for Cam Reddish. And we knew Tom Thibodeau doesn't like fucking playing young guys, and... Reddish has basically been benched for four full games since being traded, on, and he basically plays in garbage time. He's averaging 6.9 minutes for the Knicks. Nice, but not nice.
0: Not nice. Like, what? Uh, what? I want, I love... I think those Joe. are The fantastic. Knicks sent a protected first-round pick what for What are this. you doing, dude? I have had it up to hear a Tom Thibodeau. I... Cannot stand how stubborn that guy is. Like, how does he not understand? He's been run out of two other organizations because he just won't, won't give in. He won't do anything that anybody else wants him to do. It's so stupid, dude. Like, what? And you send Kemba this year, and you don't play him. Like, I, I get he doesn't work with your defensive system. Find a new fucking defensive system. It, your current one's not even working.
1: Jesus. <laughs> um. <laughs> Dude, like come on. Like why are you trading for this guy then? You sent a protected first for him. Did they even ask Tom Thibodeau if they were like, hey, you're gonna play this guy? And he was like, Meh, maybe. Nah, probably not. Um that's all the trades. That was pretty good, Colin. Um I think we covered basically everything we needed to. Yeah. Uh the last little segment before we let you guys go, I have my top five NBA buyout market candidates, Colin. Because buyout markets very important for a lot of teams like the Lakers who did not make a single move this trade deadline um, number one con on number one for the names to watch for this buyout market I have john wall um it's It seems unlikely Houston will buy out John Wall at this point, but the concept isn't like completely bananas yeah. um, he only has one year left after this one at forty seven million. Um, the question is, is how much of a uh, pay cut would Wall take to hit the open market again? And teams would want John Wall if he gets bought out, Colin. I'll, I'll tell you that. Yeah. Um, number two, I have Gary Harris, shooting guard out of Orlando. Um, secretly been playing pretty well, and I think Gary Harris ends up in L.A., Colin, because I think they, to the Lakers, because I think they desperately need a guy like him. Mm-hmm. I agree. Number three. Goran Drogic, who is probably going to be bought out by the Spurs um, after half a season of DNPs. uh, You know, the Drogic Raptors saga has finally come to an end. And I think Drogic ends up on a team... I think he ends up in Boston, actually. Um, But also would not be surprised if he goes to Dallas. But it is weird now that they have Dinwiddie. Um, But a lot of teams, I think, will also want Drogic. Um, Mm -hmm. Number four, Colin, I have Eric Bledsoe. He's in Portland now, yeah. definitely going to get bought out. They only not need to pay, like, 3.9 to get off his contract. Um, teams would want Eric Bledsoe. Number five, I have Robin Lopez, center out of Orlando. Um, I love Robin I don't know why the Magic signed him in the first place, but teams will want a big man, uh, so Robin Lopez is there. Uh, just some other quick hitters. I have Corey Joseph, Ennis Freedom, Tristan Thompson, Paul Millsap. Mike Muscala, Tomas Sadoransky, and then the list goes terribly after that. Um, oh, it wasn't going terribly before that? <laughs> you, you got any uh, closing remarks, Colin?
0: I am incredibly excited to see how this season plays out. Uh, as a lifelong fan of the Eastern Conference, I'm finally excited to see that the Eastern Conference is far superior to the West, and... Uh, As a lifelong Bulls fan, uh, I'm not excited that the Bulls being relevant comes in a year where the East is this competitive. I think that we are going to see some all-time playoff matchups this coming year. I think that we are going to see teams that have not been relevant in a very long time that made a couple of moves this offseason do some stuff. Do some real crazy stuff. And uh, you know what? Noah, I think you have a take that you need to sign us off on.
1: The Cleveland Cavaliers, Colin, are going to beat the Milwaukee Bucks in this year's playoffs in seven games.
0: We'll see you on Sunday.
1: Thank you guys for listening to another episode of Bench Chatter. The Common Man's NBA Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Bunch underscore Chatter. Leave us a like. Leave us a rating. And the Cleveland Cavaliers are the worst matchup for the Bucks in the league. We'll see you on Peace Sunday. Out. Peace.